Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Everyday life. Your normal. At any moment. This event is unprecedented. Can be taken away. It's a life has just changed forever. Seemingly lost. We lost our house. We don't know what to do. I mean, we we're stuck. And all that matters is getting back. We're going to bounce back. Back to normal. Back into the normal life. We're here to help you get back. To bring their lives back to normal. This is Recovery Radio with Steve Gallington. Welcome. Welcome to Recovery Radio. I am your host, Steve Gallington. And I got to tell you, that introduction is so exciting to me that I have really a hard time speaking over it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Uh, fantastic. So, welcome to Recovery Radio. And um, now that you're here and listening, I want to tell you about the show. Uh, and uh, if you listen to my inaugural show last Sunday, thank you very much, and I'm glad you're back. Um, Recovery Radio is all about us, everybody in the Houston area. We're learning to live with the wounds that we've received, wounds that are physical, economic, and emotional. We're all survivors, and together we will learn to thrive rather than just survive. Once, I once used the services of a chiropractor, and he began his, began his treatment by taking a full x-ray of my back. Like reading good and hard years on the growth rings of a tree, he could read my past trauma in the curvatures of my spine. I can see here you broke your left leg when you were young, about 10 years old. I was amazed. It strikes me now that just as our physical trauma is recorded in the spine, our mental trauma is captured in our minds and is shown in every interaction with others, every behavior we exhibit. How we act shows the world the sum of our past trauma. More specifically, we show that trauma through the lens of how we heal or recover. Everyone has trauma, physical and emotional. We will all carry the wounds we have received for the rest of our lives. Recovery is not about being cured or forgetting. Recovery is about owning those wounds, integrating them into who we are, and continuing our journey through life. The purpose of Recovery Radio is to help you on your road, the road we're all on. For the time being, we'll focus our recovery on, we will focus on recovery from an event that has wounded us all, Hurricane Harvey. I was personally spared physical damage. My house didn't flood and was not damaged. My house was flooded and severely damaged from Hurricane Ike, however, and I can remember that trauma down to my very bones. Harvey drenched me with anxiety, fear, worry, and a feeling of helplessness, but I moved through my personal recovery very quickly. I realized in that moment that I had something I did not have after Ike. I had tools and an awareness of recovery. I had begun my recovery journey and had been working hard on recovery from past trauma. When the fresh trauma that was Harvey occurred, I had the tools I needed and others ready to help me. I also had conquered the fear of looking weak by asking for help. Why Recovery Radio? The help I receive from other sojourners, the mental tools I have obtained and honed on my way, prepared me to have the patience with the healing process and to find joy in my journey. The entire purpose of Recovery Radio is to pass the tools, patience, and joy on to you. So, Recovery Radio will be laid out in the same way each week. First, I will introduce the show. You are here. 
Then we will have a guest to help us drill down in a specific area of recovery. This week, we will be speaking with Stacy Davis, who is uh, a good friend of mine and someone who is a fantastic chef and just a wonderful uh, Houstonian. One of the things I think that is very important about this show is to make sure that we're hearing from regular people because we all we all recover together. And, you know, one of the things that we do in this country, especially, you know, in, in America, is uh, we don't play sports. We have other people play sports for us, right? We uh, kind of have this spectator mo- mode and says, well, you know, when I want to talk to somebody about, you know, something I've been through, I'm going to hire a professional to do that. And certainly there's a place for that. And um, a lot of folks will tell me, a lot of folks have told me in, in running up to the show, he says, well, what happens, Steve, if somebody just says, well, you know, I really don't need therapy because I listen to recovery radio. Uh, what I found is when you get a little bit of this going, the recovery going, you're going to want more of it. So uh, this is in no way, uh, you know, for me dissuading you from having a therapist because I had a therapist for three years. I continue to have a therapist. I can't believe I lived lo- this long without having one. So that's important. But I think it's very important, too, that that we're all here to help us out, help each other out. This is not a spectator sport. Uh, being healthy and coming re- recovering from trauma is not a spectator sport. It's something you have to be involved in. So really happy to have Stacy here with us today. And um, later on, we're going to talk a little bit about um, – about resources that are available to you. Uh, We're also going to just uh, have this conversation going on. And uh, I wanted to point out as we're getting started, too, that um, there are two ways uh, that you can actually put your queries into the show. Uh, One of those is to send me an email. Uh, It's recoveryradiohouston at gmail.com. You can also, uh, if you're my age, you can actually pick up the phone and call and leave a message. That's 832-429-6016. Or if you're my kid's age, you basically can text me at that same number, 832-429-6016. So um, we're going to go through this and have this conversation. Um, and I just want to say uh, uh, welcome, uh, Stacy, to the program. Welcome. Thank you, Steve. So uh, before we go into our first break, uh, just give, give us a little bit of background of uh, who you are, how long have you been in Houston, and, you know, kind of... A little bit about you. I've been in Houston since, well, I was born here and moved to Austin for a while. I mm-hmm. think that's where the health food thing oh, okay. uh, yeah. got into my system. And uh, I moved to Houston in 87, and I've been here ever since. Cool. So you were born here, and then, you know, did I was kind Austin. of raised all over. You're I was a over. divorce brat. Oh, okay. And, yeah. uh, you know, my parents uh, took turns raising me from different parts of the country oh. in their wild hippie days. Well, it gives you a gives you a, a lot of exposure to that, I guess. You know, oh yeah, you know, uh, my father exposed us to Japanese food and sushi, and oh, wow. uh, my my father lived in in San Francisco. My mother lived in New York, so they got as far away from each other as possible. Wow, you said so coast to coast, and then and then missed each other. <laughs> oh right, there you um, go. So, so yeah, my exposure to food was uh, wide and varied from a very young age. Yeah. I moved around a bit when I was growing up, too. My dad, Air Force brat, so right. I moved around a bit going that. So <laughs> that's great. So um, uh, what do you like about Houston? I think that probably the number one thing that I like about Houston, and this has been the case since I moved here, was the the diversity of cultures here. So, you know, uh, I remember uh, driving into Houston and hearing uh, reggae on the radio that you would never hear anywhere else, on the radio yeah. in Austin. And I remember 
Uh, when I first came to Houston, friends taking us to go eat Vietnamese food and teaching us how to do the little coffees, the little. Uh, right. So, uh, so uh, you know, it was the cultural diversity that really uh, won me over. Right. Well, we'll continue the conversation on the other side of this break. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is nice. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. Um, once again, I wanted to mention that that uh, music that you're hearing is called Martini Sunset, and the composer and performer is Kevin McLeod. Um, he uh, does a bunch of royalty-free uh, releases of music. Uh, in, in future weeks, uh, future episodes of Recovery Radio, we're going to have local artists featured and uh, local musicians as well. So I'm lining that up. So another reason to come back and listen because we're going to have some uh, local musicians. In fact, the first one I'm going to have here later on this month is a uh, young lady named Joy Keeling, who not only is a great musician, but she's also she's been through uh, Hurricane, Hurricane Katrina's when she first moved here to Houston. Um, uh, from New Orleans, and then she's a local artist. Uh, and uh, after Harvey, she um, played free concerts for kids at the George R. Brown Convention Center and did dance parties and things nice. like that. So, and her music is fantastic. So, I mean, so I'm I'm really excited to have her both as a musical contributor to the program as well as a guest. Uh, and uh, that'll be on March. Uh, well, actually, it'll be later on this month. So. So uh, welcome back again, Stacy. Uh, we were just talking about your kind of background and what you liked about Houston. And one of the things you said was is that you really like the diversity of Houston, which is something that struck me, too. Um, I was worried. I remember my, uh, my drive down from Colorado where I went to college in, uh, in Golden, Colorado, and uh, I was working for IBM. And they paid for my move, you know. I, I was that—that that was the last time any company paid for my move. By the way, it was like 30 years ago, and uh, I had everything that I owned fit into 13 boxes. I had 13 boxes and a desk. That was—that was all I had. I kind of, you know, but they—they they paid for me to drive down. They paid for me to stay overnight halfway. I made it a two-day trip, and I stayed overnight in um, in Childress, Texas, and they have very, very heavy accents, Texas accents, and they speak really quickly. And I had a big fear that when I got down to Houston that I was not going to be able to understand anything anybody said. And we said. Talk, actually talk pretty slow around well, here, right? Well, you know, exactly. And, and, well, that was the thing. And so I went to Pizza Hut, you know, the, the best restaurant in Childress, Texas at the time, went to Pizza Hut to have dinner. And uh, I had to have the lady repeat to me uh, multiple times. Uh, the or I just couldn't understand what she was saying. I was really worried about that. And then the first five people I met here in Houston had New York accents, you know. And one of the points that people said in the diversity, you know, struck me, just people from all over the world and saying, hey, you know, because of the oil business or, or whatever, Houston's always been kind of a blue-collar, you know, get-the-job-done, space city kind of town. That's right. And, and it's very – Roll your sleeves up. Roll your sleeves up and do it. And then they um, 
but people from everywhere. And, he and says, in the eighties, we we were one of the three ports that were available for Vietnamese refugees exactly. to come. Yeah, they were allowed to go to New York or Houston and one other city. I can't remember which. So, a large amount of of Vietnamese people came right. in the. You know, right around 1980, the boat people, right? That's right. Vietnamese boat people, and that's right. And you know, one of the you know, kind of on the on the flip side of that, the positive thing, Houston open arms bringing people in. Also, one of the last times that the KKK was extremely active, Uh, they have pictures and stories from that time. That's right. That's right. Uh, Shipping boats in uh, in Bay, not Bay City. Bay, Baytown? Bay something. It's not Baytown. Oh, it's no. not Bay City. It's yeah. a little bit further down south. That's where they paraded the KKK boats in front of uh, in front of the Vietnamese fishermen. Yeah, was that down in like Kima or in uh, further Seabrook? down south? Further down south. Okay. Further down, down north, down north toward, towards yeah, uh, I don't Texas know. City. Yeah, down, down further down, down, further, down. further down. Keep okay. going. <laughs> okay, well there we go. Closer, closer down Matagorda so, way. I can't remember the you know, name. Bay I, something. And I and I think that that's one of the things that the diversity and just the the roll up the sleeves kind of attitude really comes into the um, really comes forward during things like Hurricane Harvey. You know, to see all the folks, the the Cajun Navy. I was talking to a friend of mine at lunch today and saying, you know, I had no idea that. All of my neighbors had, you know, hovercrafts and boats and yeah. all sorts of stuff. And they were like, yes, it's flooding. We're getting out there. We're doing our thing. He says, he said, and he tried to talk his wife into it. He said, well, I need to get one, too, because everybody's got oh, real. I'm got definitely one, you know? getting a canoe. Right? At least, yeah. For canoe sure. Or kayak, something. <laughs> so as a nice segue into that, then, so how, how did Hurricane Harvey affect you? Well, I had basically three houses that flooded. I had just bought a house. And uh, I just had a relative die, and I was staying at a friend's house sort of all at the same time. So I'm staying Mm -hmm. at a friend's house, buying my own house. Relative dies, and I inherit part of that house, and all three houses flooded. Wow. (laughs) So So how much water in the the house? Most of them, uh, the one that I was staying at was precious little, just enough. It was a towel situation. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that even an inch of water, I had 40 inches of water in my house after Hurricane Ike. Yeah. And it was like, you know, whether you have two inches or 40 inches of water, you still have to You pretty much have to do the same stuff. Yeah, do the same stuff. So the other two houses got that. That little one inch of water that, mm-hmm. you know, to which we're all still working on the houses. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, everybody except for the one guy that had the towel situation whose house I was staying at. Everybody, uh, you know, the the um, the relative's house and my house are still pretty much torn apart. Wow. So the same the same guy who was talking about the, uh, you know, having his, uh, you know, canoe or kayak or hovercraft or something for, you know, because everybody else has got one, was telling me today, too, he saw a... Um, a barrier that you can get, like this plastic barrier, and you lay it. They out had one you, of those in in uh, they, in Sugarland. Didn't work. It didn't work. Water breached over it and flooded well, the I house. Mean, it only it only uh, it only works just saying. as high as the as high <laughs> just as the saying. Thing. You know, I guess depending on where you are. But this this was a house. Was it in Sugarland or Meyerland? Mm-hmm. And he bought one of those. It was called. Um, a something dam, a water oh, yeah. dam or, or something, something yeah. dam, hydro dam. Okay. I think you can look it up <laughs> hydro online. Hydro dam, all right. And uh, it, yeah, it didn't, it wasn't enough. And this thing was just a big tube of water surrounding his house. It had to be so uh, a, a human being tall, if a human, you know, maybe yeah. five or six feet tall, full mm. of water. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, if it fails one way and then holds it in on the way out, what happened to me at, and, and Hurricane Ike was that there was a, a floodgate that was left open 
and so instead of breaching, you know, at Bayport, instead of breaching, the water just came right through that open floodgate. And uh, then they figured out that the floodgate was open, and they closed it, and that held the water in for like 48 hours. Right. So, and then they said, oh, no, we probably ought to open it again and let the water back out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can always remember uh, sitting uh, – we evacuated up to some friend's house at, at, at Porter. And, of course, they got 80-mile-an-hour winds from Ike and all that type of thing and some damage, too. But um, I remember getting a hold of the city manager for LaPorte, Texas, and he said, okay, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is we were able to send people in to the neighborhood because he lived in the same neighborhood. The bad news is we had to send them in in boats. <laughs> and he says, you definitely have water in your house. It's like, oh, God, okay, whatever. So so three houses, all of them got water. And, you know, that, you know the thing that, that most people who aren't having not been through a hurricane don't experience this idea of, it doesn't. It's not just something you fix in a week. You know, it it, it takes months. That's to, correct. To fix it I out. mean, yeah. it's it it's uh, you know, it's it's six months on down the road, and and or is it more? I don't even know anymore. Gosh, that was, uh, uh, but 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 we're still working on our houses, and 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 my situation is no different from everybody on the blocks. Yeah. Um, I walked into a business just the other day, and they were sheetrocking. Yeah. Um, and. And the thing of it is, you know, many of us Texans and people who've lived here for a long time are getting used to it. We're getting used to the storms. We're getting used to uh, either looking at high winds and tree situations, knocking down power lines or, or taking off our roofs, mm. or we're looking at flooding. And uh, it's something that we have to either get used to or prepare for. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, that uh, the other thing that struck me, too, is that that smell will just take you right back, that smell of flooded stuff and you know, mold, mold. That's yeah. Smell <laughs> stuff growing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of these things you just don't, you don't, you know, you understand that it takes a long time. So, um, uh, at the other end of this break, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about, um, what kind of things you did to recover, uh, emotionally from that. All right. Cool. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. This is Steve Gallington. And once again, if you would like to be a guest on the show, if you'd like uh, to have some questions answered, um, anything at all, just go ahead and send me an email at RecoveryRadioHouston. That's all one word mashed together at gmail.com, uh, or you can call or text me at 832-429-6016. Uh, once again, 832-429-6016. And uh, just wanted to make a plug for the sponsors. You've heard a few of the ads that I've done. Um, if you're interested in being a sponsor on the show, you can go ahead and call that number or leave me an email as well. Um, I have two types of sponsors out there. I call them Plan A and Plan B. The Plan A sponsor is the traditional type of thing. You pay me money, and I put your ad up on the air. Um, and for a little bit extra fee, I can actually 
record and produce that ad for you as well. The Plan B sponsors are ones that um, I encourage to uh, give us a call at the at the station or give us a call at the, at the program, and then I, I forward your lead on to uh, an appropriate person at the other end. So it's kind of a pay me now or pay me later kind of thing, and uh, both of those work. Um, the one, um, I've got a, a, a couple of new uh, ads that will actually come up on starting on next week's show. So anyway, we were talking with Stacy Davis, and we kind of fully covered the, the your background, where you're from, um, and talked about kind of how Hurricane Harvey affected you. Um, now let's move on to, so what is it that you do to try to kind of get over that kind of trauma, or not get over it or pass it, but the idea of how do you cope with with that kind of a stressor in your life? The first thing I did was help. Um, so yeah, the first thing I did was as soon as the waters got low enough, you went out. And uh, I had a car. Yep. I have a lot of restaurant buddies. Yeah. And um, um, what's it? Uh, um, Hugo's restaurant had made a bunch of food and needed some people to to deliver oh, yeah. it. So. Um, I started make I did made a delivery for Hugo's, and uh, delivered to a couple of shelters around town, and then found that kitchen collective and started cooking. You know, I uh, the, the best, even though, and then and then washed a friend's clothes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had uh, when we were out of power for two weeks after Ike, uh, that was the, one of the things that uh, my church I go to did is they Absolutely. had people volunteer to it's wash the little clothes. Things. It, oh, it really is. It's the little things. So, uh, yeah, helping getting out of your situation, getting out of yourself, and uh, understanding that there are people in much worse situations than you sure. are. Um, and, and not only that, but you really get to go and, and look out onto the terrain and see uh how bad it is what's yeah. really going on how is the city dealing with it and and whatnot so yeah, one of the things and get that, and drive a long way and get turned around <laughs> right exactly and so i uh you know my story about my uh my harvey story is that my next door neighbor kid came in and said hey we're voluntary evacuating are you going to voluntarily evacuate you know and he's like seven years old and uh my girlfriend had come down from austin where she was working at the time for a class, the class got canceled because Harvey was coming in. And I looked at her and I said, what do you think? She said, well, I'm from Kansas City. This is my first hurricane. If you want to follow me to Austin, that would be great, <laughs> but I'm going. And it's like, okay, I'm with you. And one of the things I learned through Rita and through Ike was it doesn't matter whether the uh, evacuation is mandatory or voluntary. If they tell you to go, you probably ought to go, you know? And uh, so I was in... Well, especially in this city, because I think the authorities know when it's time to go and when it's time to hunker down. Yeah. And there there are times when it's safer for everybody to hunker down. I think Ike was a really good example of that. If Ike had gone through and people were still in their cars, it would have been a bad situation. Horrible thing, yeah. And, well, I mean, we, we learned that that was the, the practice run was Hurricane Rita a few years before. You know, there was Katrina, then there was Rita. Right. And Rita, Rita, you know, came in and then made a turn. And when, you know, the uh, folks from Houston said when they – you know, they said evacuate these areas, everybody evacuated. And that's what put the, you know, 12 hours and 20 hours and 30 hours in the car sitting on the highway. Right. So I think that we kind of, we learned a little bit at Rita and then at Ike, it was like, okay, the people that really have to evacuate will go. 
and there was not that I didn't experience that kind of that kind of traffic on the way out. But uh, yeah, one of the things that I think that is you know when I was gone I was gone so I was kind of stranded in Austin for a week uh, before the roads got clear where I could come in. Mm-hmm. And when I came in, that's the first thing that I did is I went and helped folks who had been flooded mucking out their houses and. And, yeah, you, know, you can still help people if you. No, I know, <laughs> like, I know. I mean, you know, it's a there. It's it's like um, if you weren't there for those first two days, don't worry. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's plenty of help to go around. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and and uh, and the things that we went through are traumatic. Uh, my brother was in one of those four foot floods, hmm. and uh, the stress that on him. Took a took an enormous toll, uh, you know whether he wants to admit it or not. We all saw it. Yeah. yeah. So um, so uh, you know, I mean, you have to be really careful uh, with the other people around you because you don't know what they've just been through. Oh, sure. I mean, you may have gotten an an inch, and that may have ripped your world apart. But somebody else may have been stranded somewhere for several days in a. a you, know, you know, he was stranded for for three days. In a building, a two-story building with four feet of water in it, wow. before anybody could get to him. Wow, and and you know that that highlights another thing too is that as much as you want to, um, you know, go out and help other people and that type of thing, the folks that have that kind of mindset and your brother sounds like that, it's very very difficult for them sometimes to say, you know what, I'm the one that's affected, I'm the one who needs to receive help, and they'll you know, you know, say, oh no, I don't need any help, even when they're standing in. You know, yeah. a couple of feet of water, right? They'll say, oh, no, I didn't need any help. I'm fine. You know, I'm the one who helps other people. And, and, and my brother's very much like that. Yeah. My brother, in, in previous uh, Texas floods that we've lived through, and we've lived through a lot as a Texas family, yeah. uh, he he was rescuing people off their roofs as opposed to being rescued, which is right. what ended up happening. Yeah. Well, and I heard, you know, uh, you know, stories of folks. And that's, you know, I have a good friend of mine, too, said, look, look Steve, I was always the person who helped. And then when I get affected... I ha- why is it that it's hard for me to accept that help from other people? And so, you know, on both sides of the coin, if, you're, if you weren't affected, help. If you're not affected, uh, or if you were affected, accept help. If you're not affected, offer help, right? And right. I definitely think that this society is geared towards, you know, individualism and all that stuff. But I think of disaster like... Harvey mm-hmm. breaks down breaks that down uh, for breaks most down people Absolutely. and and they and they stop all of a sudden they see um, I don't need this this t-shirt this new trendy t-shirt I need to go help my Absolutely. brother man okay great all right so uh, we'll be back after this break with Stacy Davis with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. This is Steve Gallington. Uh, thank you for spending your Sunday evening with me. Um, you can listen to us uh, as as you are, probably on uh, 9.50 a.m. KPRC. Uh, also available streaming as well. 
And at some point uh, here, when I get my act together, I'll actually have archives of the show that will be available on my website, which is gallington.com. Um, one of the things that's going to be coming in the future is uh, I have a, a friend who's working up a logo for the show, and we're going to have swag associated with it as well. And when, uh, you know, so, so Stacy will have to come back because, you know, in, in the future you'll get a coffee mug with the logo on it, you know, as part oh, of yeah. thank you for, for being on the show. Um, and uh, so I've got a recoveryradio.show uh, domain identified already, and then so once I get the swag put together, I'll go ahead and have uh, I'll have that website up as well. But if you want to listen to um, this week, actually, our, the initial uh, recovery radio episode will be available on Gallington.com to listen to uh, in its entirety. So we'll go from there. So welcome back, Stacy. Um, Thank you. We talked about uh, we've been talking about uh, how you you cope with um, with the trauma that was Hurricane Harvey and how you generally cope cope with trauma. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about, you know, you, you uh, found the Kitchen Collective, you delivered food, you're plugged into the, the restaurant community here in Houston. So give me a little bit of your CV on, on, uh, on food and what you do with food. Um, well, I think um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the Kitchen Collective, okay, if great. I may. Absolutely. And they, uh, it, it was basically a bunch of chefs in town who found a nonprofit kitchen in a, in a search, uh, mm. uh, I believe, uh, uh, ho- sort of a homeless shelter type place, okay, you yeah. know, uh, and they had a certified kitchen and uh, the chefs basically took it over. Uh, there were, you know, uh, the situation, what happens when there's flooding or any kind of natural disaster, hurricanes, uh, it's it, a lot of restaurants will start you know, getting rid of their refrigerated food. I mean, they're pretty sure that, uh, and 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 grocery stores will do this as well. Oh, so sure, the fresh yeah. food has kind of got to go because you know that you're going into a situation where you could be the refrigerators could go down, uh, all kinds of things could happen. So if you can purge this food and take it to a, a good place, um, I know grocery stores will get refrigerated trucks right. and they'll put all their stuff in refrigerated trucks. And leave that generator on and cross their fingers, because, you know. Um, and nine times out of ten, you know, they they come back to uh, the only thing they have left that's uh, refrigeratable is in that truck. So right. there's a lot of purging that goes on before the hurricane As happens. The storm is coming in because and, you realize, you know, right. just in case. Yeah. Now it, this storm was one of these slow storms, like Allison. So we, you know, uh, on day three of raining, you you kind of have an, a good understanding of what's going on. And there are people in pockets, like the Montrose right. uh, people that lived in the Montrose people that they didn't really get flooded. They could, you know, once yeah, well, they got you know the the drainage system. It wasn't all that great, but mm-hmm. but for the most part, uh, people from the Montrose could get around. But the reality of what was going on around us was was not lost on people, and uh, the the immediacy of the situation uh, was also apparent. So, yeah. getting food out to people and knowing what to do with these. Uh, these vegetables, you know, you have to know what to do with a case of eggplants and how to get a case of, you know, organic baby eggplants out to, uh, you know, firefighters where they can be used. And it's a big deal because a lot of the roads were closed and a lot of there was a lot of not getting food to people that was going on. Well, I mean, if one, you know, one thing that hurricanes do is it interrupts the the supply chain. I remember when um, 
Absolutely. You know, uh, it was like there's nobody to, con- you know, I can't remember what it was. It was something where I think it was a strike, actually, that happened at the Port of Long Beach uh, probably about a decade ago. And they had this story about bananas. I had no idea about the process for bananas. It's very, you know, you have to pick them at a certain point. They're mm-hmm. not ripe yet. They got to be held at a certain temperature That's as right. they're on the ship. Then they show up at the port. When they get to the port, they're like a day before they're perfect, you know, to go to the store. That's right. And so they had this longshoreman strike in uh, at the port of Long Beach. And all of a sudden they were like, you know, ships full of bananas that, that went bad that went bad right and yeah. that's not a good situation right. and I'm, i imagine that happens with that happens with uh hurricanes too because it interrupts the chain right? absolutely absolutely and food goes bad yeah so you uh so is that where the the kitchen collective was getting a lot of their food we were getting a lot of food there was also farmers who uh donated food and there were farmers who donated food who were trying to get us their last bit of food as they were going under. Wow. So um, the Gundermans are probably the most notable family farm that went through that. They uh, they donated uh, thousands of pounds of potatoes to the collective wow. as their own farm was going under. Wow. And so how did that, you know, so when did it start? When did the, you know, it started? Uh, it, when started start? it started with the farmer's market and all the chefs knowing all the farmers in town mm-hmm. and all the chefs knowing each other and having connections. It started long before the flood with yeah. everybody's relationships with sure, everybody. Sure. Um, so when the flood happened, you know, the, the, the people that are in the food industry looked around and said, nobody's going to fix this but us. But us yeah. So they fixed it uh, as best they could. And they pumped out thousands and thousands and thousands of meals and so cooked meals and then delivered them to where the people were that's right yeah as best they could i mean there was definitely some uh some problems getting into port arthur we tried to we tried very hard and there was you know and there was food critics on board you know and the thing about the food critics are you know on their facebook pages their their tentacles go everywhere because right. everybody wants it that's everybody in the restaurant industry or that's yeah. they all want to know what the food critics have to say. Sure. So they were sort of like the operating as vehicle. the yeah. as the you know the yeah the communications officer. You go here, you go there, and mm. I, I myself got stuck taking a bunch of food out to Port Arthur. It couldn't get in. Never got in. Wow. Had to turn around and just find somebody to give that that food to. Right. So luckily, there's always a a few campments of homeless people in Houston that we can give. <laughs> Well, that's good. Too. That's good. So, uh, that, not that that it's legal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're working on that, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but there weren't any cops around to bust me. Yeah, so right. I went ahead there you go. It. There you go. Yeah. Because, you, know, um, you know, if you have the sandwich, give them a sandwich. You know, it's good. That's um, right. So, you know, food is a, food is a, is a big deal. And, and as far as healing is concerned, you know, uh, I think, you know, when it's all going on right then and there, you know, you just get whatever down your gullet you can you can get. Sure, sure. But as things go on, I mean, it's important. You know, those relationships saved Houston, those relationships with our local farmers and uh, being somebody who used to be a local farm to table chef, uh, you know, uh, not that it has to be fancy, but, you know, uh, home gardening and, you know, getting foods uh, from local gardeners and from local sources can help with the banana situation yeah, that right. you mentioned before. Uh, y- you know, bananas grow really, really well in Houston. Oh. Not only that, but planting those types of things can help mitigating flooding. Oh, 
down the road. Well, exactly. So it's a win-win. And, and that's, you know, part of it is that we, you know, kind of like I said earlier about, you know, we're a, we're a, we're a culture that, that, you know, pays other people to do our sports for us and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. That also has worked with farming and everything else. And all these farms, of you know, they've, they've, you know, merged into these big factory farms. And that makes that supply chain very, um, very delicate and very easy to break, right? Sure. So. And then we get stressed out and we take Tai Chi when we could have just been in our garden meditating out there. There you go. Watching the tomatoes grow. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, well, we're going to talk a bit more about this as we go forward. Uh, what I'd like to do is focus on, too, you know, how personally um, Harvey affected you. And, you know, aside from cooking, what other things that you do to try to, you know, uh, help you through that recovery. So when we're back in, in a few minutes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. This is Steve Gallington. I'm here with Stacy Davis, a local chef and food uh, advocate and uh, someone who lived through uh, and experienced, like all of us, uh, Hurricane Harvey and, uh, you know, has uh, is has and continues to put her life back together as we all are uh, after that after that event. Um, the other thing I wanted to do as well is, is to let you know that uh you know that music, uh, the kind of mellow and that type of thing. That this is a uh, um, this is a different kind of experience, or should be a different kind of experience for you. Is that you can start off your week, uh, you know, it's Sunday evening, and uh, spend a little time um, listening and and thinking about recovery and thinking about your own personal recovery. I mean, it's all well and good to go out and help other people and. That's something you need to do, but you also need to take care of yourself. You know, uh, this, you know the, the scripture says, you know, take care of the log in your own eye before you take care of the speck in somebody else's, right? So that's kind of the idea here. Um, so we were talking about um, talking about the, the Kitchen Collective and kind of what you do, what you did with that. Um, so not necessarily for Hurricane Harvey or for anything else. What, what kind of things do you do to try to... Uh, get past a traumatic event like this? Um, well, when I get past the part, well, in the past I drank. Okay. Which- <laughs> I think I think that uh, there would be a tendency to have uh, a few more wines right. than, than usual. But I think that is, you know, the older we get and the more mature we get, that, that's, that tends to get old and, and, does damage to our bodies that maybe was okay when we were kids, but isn't so much okay going into it a little bit later on. So, uh, but I do want to be a certain amount real with Mm -hmm. you, you know, just be real. Um, So, you know, once you're kind of, once you kind of go, Oh, 
hey, I think the drinking's going to have to slow down a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, then, then you know, um, as, as far, especially as far as, as food is concerned, um, you know, we have to be careful. Uh, I have to be careful. A lot of us do not mm-hmm. to overeat and not to yeah. just sort of um, binge. Oh, on on food, and so we have to kind of be really careful treat, about that. You can treat food just like alcohol, like anything else. It's, it's something that you can say, "Well, I can numb or insulate from these feelings I'm having, right?" Uh, by you know drenching my body in alcohol or in or in uh, French fries for me. Uh, right, French fries there, are right? excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, so I mean, going through the sort of the bad choices and then sort of getting to the good choices. I mean, the third one after you know, sort of, I, I went through the sort of alcohol phase and the food binge phase. Then there was the too much TV phase, yeah, which is another way to sort another of drone out. out. Yeah. So um, now, in my, I guess if you want to say in my in my recovery, whatever kind of recovery it mm-hmm. is, it's go take a walk, right. Uh, go take a walk, and uh, and and that and walks are really cool. You know, you're unplugging from your electronic device, and you're getting a little bit of exercise. Yeah, and um, you're getting sunshine. So all these things are excellent yeah. mood enhancers. And not only that, uh, y- you know, there's the, there's the new studies that they have on uh, on how we think and how our brains work. So, you know, after a hurricane, you know, somebody like me who got their house ripped yeah. apart, you've got, okay, I've got to call the contractor. I've got to pick out the floors. I've got to come up with money for the plumber. I've got, you know, I'm going to do this, that, that. You know, getting out of that situation for, it, they say that the duration doesn't necessarily matter. So you do get benefit if you go on a one-minute walk. Oh, sure. Up to a twenty-minute walk. It's um, setting aside. It's setting aside time for that. And one when of the you things, come back, you're, you'll be yeah. able to think clearer, and solutions to problems will come to you that you that you were stuck on before. It's important to figure out how to get out of your little trance. Yeah. You know how to get out of your trance and how to, um, you know, and we assume things too. I mean, we assume. Um, Things that if we like look look into the situation deeper, it's like ah, oh, that wasn't even a problem at all. Right. I was yeah. just making it into oh. a problem. Yeah, a couple of things. The the thing that that you know, like alcohol and watching too much TV and eating too much, um, which I've done all of those things too. So I mean, there's no you know, there's there's reality most, there too. Most of us I think do. if we took a poll, yeah, everybody that everybody <laughs> did that. But the other thing that I do probably more often than anything else that's unhealthy for me is. I try to control the entire planet, and so by making oh, a that's list a and, that's an excellent one because <laughs> oh yeah, that's a like, huge so, one. So like the plumber, you know, the plumber needs to be here at ten thirty this morning, and it needs to do this work, and then this is this, and you know what? All these things that I have no control over, I I write it down on a list, and I put so much stuff on there. You know, I'll write down a list of thirty to dos. You know, thirty things I have to get done today, must get done today, and then you get overwhelmed or I get overwhelmed with this feeling of helplessness. There's no way I'm going to get it done. What, right. if, what if the plumber doesn't show up? Da, 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 you know, and then you're, you end up in this, this That's cyclone. a whole deal, Steve. I mean, yeah. the whole control deal is, is big. Steve. It's huge. Especially when, you know, your contractor or your cousin Fred who does floors, everybody in the city is asking cousin fred to do floors everybody in the city and cousin fred 
may be uh, trying to get to the four foot water houses before he gets to the one inch water house. Right. And yeah. um, so, I mean, that's that's one of the things that's one of the, the conflicts, but, you know, that I had that with my family about. was yeah. somebody expecting for things to happen a lot now. quicker. And you know what? It's, <laughs> it's six months down the line yeah, and I still don't have floors. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the, and that's, that's OK. That, and that's where that walk comes in handy, because, you know, for me, doing physical exercise, getting out of the situation, getting away from that pad of paper where I've written down all the things that I have to get done and all these things I'm trying to control the world. Let it go. You're physically letting it go and just walking. You know, when you and I die, Steve, we're not going to have everything on our to-do list done. Yeah. You know what? That's an... A to-do list is just as dangerous as having too many wines, isn't <laughs> so it? We're never going to get it all Absolutely. done. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank you for being with me today. It's this has been, been a delightful. pleasure. And uh, hopefully we can uh, have you come back uh, sometime. I would love to. That would be great. So this has been Recovery Radio. Once again, um, recoveryradiohouston at gmail.com, 832-429-6016. Text me. Let me know how you thought the show went. Uh, any suggestions uh, about what we can do things better. And uh, we will see you again in the same spot a week from today, uh, 7 to 8 p.m. on Sunday. Recovery Radio recoveryradio.show and gallington.com are all protected by copyright laws. All the information broadcast on air and online, as well as published in both print and online, including articles, audio clips, illustrations, graphics, photographs, and videos, are protected by these copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Therefore, you may not use our content in any prohibited way including reproducing, publishing, transmitting, selling, rewriting, broadcasting, or posting on the Internet without the expressed written permission of Recovery Radio. Prohibited use also includes publication of our material in printed or electronic brochures, newsletters, or flyers, as well as all website or email distribution. To obtain permission to use copyrighted material, email Steve Gallington at recoveryradiohouston at gmail.com. That's recoveryradiohouston at gmail.com. Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.